Well, we're going to start a new, uh, a new series this year. We're going to talk about, well, I'll tell you what we're going to talk about. Would you stand with me? And, and we're going to read uh, part of a very familiar parable here. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And then Jesus was asked to explain the parable, and this is the first part. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the the truth, the life, the light, the power that is in your word. I pray that you would quicken all of our hearts by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit to receive your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, We're going to, for most of the Sundays this year, we're going to be talking about stories that Jesus told. Uh, Also, known as as the parables. We generally call them parables. Uh, But that is such an adult word. And I like the stories that Jesus told uh, better because uh, Jesus was a storyteller. Uh, He was was a great storyteller. There are those who denigrate uh, storytelling, you know. Uh, And that's just so sad. It really is. do you know the difference between how uh, you know the difference between telling a story to a child and telling a story to an adult? The child is listening. The child is listening, and not only is the child listening, they want to hear it again, and they want to hear it again, and they want to hear it again, and it, it becomes a part of their life. When our, when our son Isaac was, uh, I think, three or four, there was this little book that we used to read to him about the the fiery furnace and. And Nebuchadnezzar uh, throwing the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, whose God can save you now. And, uh, and, and Isaac could read that book to you as a three-year-old. Now, he couldn't read any words, but he could read that book to you because he had taken it into his, into his heart and into his life, and it's, it became a part of him. And that's what happens with children. And it's no wonder that Jesus says, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven... You've got to become like a little child and start receiving things. So, you know, I, I, I like, I like those, those, those kind of pictures and, and stuff of, of children. How many of you, when you were in school, loved to hear lectures? Well, we had one who admitted to it in the first service. And if I told you who it was, you'd go, yeah, I guess. But uh, nobody in here really, uh, I guess, enjoyed hearing lectures. Uh, the only the only lectures that I enjoyed hearing in school was a was a history teacher I had in college, and I took a couple of classes from him. But he was a he was a storyteller. I mean, people who weren't taking the class would come and sit just to just to listen to his to listen to his lectures, to listen to his stories. Who are our great storytellers? You know, 
uh, if Steven Spielberg and Stephen King, and Stephen Sondheim, we've got, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a pattern there. Uh, but your name doesn't have to be Stephen. You say, well, Sondheim, he's a songwriter. Yeah, but I mean, they're storytellers. You know, and if you got the lyrics to a song going through your head all day, it changes you. I mean, wh- whatever that lyric is, is where, is where your life is headed that day. That's, uh, that, that's, that's what's going to, that's what, and, and I don't know how many of you know it, but the last two weeks I've been trying to get rid of Wayne Berry, Did You Know, uh, out of my head. So, some of you know that song and others of you don't. And I keep going, I know the answer to most of those questions, but it just, just, keeps, just keeps going. Uh, <laughs> Jesus told stories to impact people's lives. He, he, he told stories that, that people would, would take and it, and it would change their lives and in fact change entire cultures. Uh, and two millenniums later, his, his stories still impact and, and, and change cultures. And uh, they, they've, done that. they've done that. They've done that for centuries. Uh, these first four weeks of this year, we're going to be talking about this, this parable and most of you know it, this story that Jesus told. Uh, and there's really four sections to it, and we're going we're gonna to cover a, a section each week. But what we're really talking about is that very thing, impact, uh, the story of the, of the sower and the impact that it has. It's repeated in, in the first three Gospels. It's not verbatim in each one, but it's, it's, it's very close. Uh, so it's obviously very important. And in all three Gospels, it's explained. It's one of the few, uh, one of the few parables that... Uh, the, the gospel writers made sure that Jesus said, now this is what this, in case you didn't get it, this is what this means. This is, this is what this is about. And, and Mark tells us why. Because when they asked Jesus about the parable to explain it, Mark says, that he said, don't you understand this parable? If you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand any of them? Uh, how, are you, how are you going to understand really anything that, uh, that, he has, that he has to say to them? So uh, the sower uh, is the foundation for everything that, that Jesus had to say. Uh, last week, Brad shared good word, good, good strong word, and he was talking about uh, he was talking about people. At, at one point, he talked about a lot of people actually, but uh, at one point, he was talking about people who uh, who claim to be led by the Spirit, but who don't bother to read the book the Spirit wrote. And, you know, when people claim to be led by the Spirit, but don't bother to read the book that the Spirit wrote, usually what that means is they decide what they want to do, and then they pretend like the Holy Spirit told them that's what to do. And that's very dangerous, apprehending his name and putting it on something that doesn't belong to him. Jesus gave some serious warnings about blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And to me, that's very close to blasphemy, is to go, this is my idea, but I'm going to tell everybody the Holy Ghost did this. Well, there may have been a spirit who did it, but it wasn't the Holy One. It was a, it was a different one. Uh, and Jesus is saying that understanding this parable is, is essential in understanding, in understanding about the Word, period, going forth. When the word goes forth, one of four things happens. Every time, one of four things, whether it's, whether it's being spoken, whether you hear somebody speaking it, whether it's, whether it's reading it, or whether it's actually somebody saying something to you that is from the Holy Spirit. When, when the word of God goes forth, 
One of, one of four things is going to happen. And uh, which of these things happens is not uh, dependent upon the seed. It's not dependent upon, because the word, the word brings life. The word is life. Uh, the, uh, a word aptly spoken is like, what is the, what is the parable? Uh, apples of gold and settings of silver or, or, something, or something like, never seen that. But, you know, that sounds pretty cool. And, and that's, that's, what an, that's what an apt word is. And, uh, but it doesn't depend on the word. Uh, what happens doesn't depend on it. depends on where it lands. depends on the location in which it lands. It depends upon, it depends upon how it is received. Uh, we tend to view this, this parable, or at least I've heard it taught a lot of times, and I, I've often thought of it in terms of uh, the first person of me being the sower. Being, being the one who, who, who sows the seed. Uh, and that's okay. And this is, this is what you can get from that if, if you're going to take it that way. It's not up to you. Your job is just to sow the seed. Uh, and, as, and as a pastor, uh, that's really helped me a lot because there have been, there've been times, you know, there are times when you feel like you need to see results to validate who you are. You need to see results to validate what you've done. You need to see results to go, well, I, I, you know, I'll try that again. You know, I, I don't want to get discouraged. Uh, and, but you have to reach a point where you understand it's not about what you've done. You know, you sow the seed. That's all you can do. And it certainly isn't telling us, oh, now don't sow your seed unless you're sure it's going to fall on good ground. You don't know what good ground is. You know, you can't see into somebody's heart. You don't know how the Lord has prepared them for what, for what may be going forth. So that's, uh, you know, that, that's not the thing that you need to know. You just need to sow. What, what, we, uh, what we really have control over is how the word is going to land in our lives. And, and that's, what, that's what this is all about. Uh, we're, it, it's going to land in one, one of four ways. Uh, and the parable is really telling us to... Uh, uh, to, to be mindful of the condition of our own hearts. Uh, every pastor who's, uh, who's lasted more than a few years, especially if he's lasted more, in, uh, or he or she has lasted more than a few years in one, in one place, has at some point in time heard the phrase, you've heard me say this before, but at some point in time has heard the phrase, pastor, we're just not being fed. And that is so ridiculous. I mean, there, occasionally, you know, occasionally there's, there's a pastor needs to hear that and needs to go, yeah, I got I to gotta step it up. I got to step up to the plate. But most of the time, about 90% plus of the time, it, it's because the, the soil of the hearts of those saying it has changed over the years. Back when we were at the Lord's Chapel, uh, that was the first time I ever heard that. And I wasn't a pastor at the time, but uh, I heard it being said about my pastor. And you know, and I, he, he, he wasn't perfect. I mean, none of us are perfect, uh, but he was a good teacher. And these were people who, when they first came, were going, wow, he's so good. That's, that's so great. Oh, that's so rich. Keep it coming, pastor. Well, he did keep it coming. Uh, but all of a sudden, it wasn't so good. It wasn't so rich. It wasn't so filling anymore. And so the problem was the soil had changed on which the, on which the seed had been falling. And the the soil that is the least fruitful of all. So we're going to talk about today, and that one is the path. Because it doesn't bear any fruit at all. Last week, Brad uh, 
as he was teaching about reading the word and how important the word is in our lives, I'm sure that there were some people in this room who were sitting there listening to him who went, you know, I I need to start reading the Bible. I, I need to start making that a, or I need to do that more. I need to make that a daily part of my life. Yeah, that's uh, what he's saying. That, that, that sounds good. I, I need to do that. And, you know, you might think that, you know, my, well, my next question is, well, did you? But that's not my next question. Because some of you did, some of you didn't, and some of you that did aren't now. You know, I mean, but that's, that's a different kind of soil. My question is, once you left here last week, did you even think about it again? Because that's the path. That's the word, the seed goes forth and poof, it's gone. Doesn't have an opportunity to do anything in our hearts. And, you know, and, I'm, not, and I'm not asking that to, you know, to put anybody under condemnation. I'm asking that because the Holy Spirit would hopefully is speaking to you. And if you're one of those people who were, last week was going, yeah, 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 and you hadn't thought about it again, well, the Holy Spirit just nailed you. And you need to realize, oh, he's talking to me today. There, 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 there's, there's something here he's, talk, he's talking to me. Uh, why is the past so unfruitful? Well, there, there are three reasons that are given in, the, in this parable. And uh, the first one is um, Satan. Uh, all, all, three, <clears throat> all three versions mention him. They call him different by different names today. Luke said the devil. Uh, Mark says Satan. Um, Matthew says the evil one. He's got a bunch of names, and they're not all creepy. Some of them, some of them are actually, you know, pretty, pretty slick sounding, pretty good sounding. But here's the point: you have an enemy. You've got an enemy. You know, sometimes something will happen to somebody, and, and you'll hear somebody say, "Well, I, he didn't have an enemy in the world. Everybody's got an enemy in the world. Everybody does." And you've got one, and he is, he, he is after your very life. He's after, your, he's after your soul. He's after your inheritance. He's after, your, he's, got, he's after everything that you've got. And most of the time, we pay no attention to him whatsoever. Most, most of the time, we're, 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 not, we're not at all tuned into that fact. Uh, but it says over in it says over in First Peter, be alert and, and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. And, and oftentimes I'll, I'll hear this taught, and it'll be like, yeah, he's like a lion. He's not really a lion. You, he's 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 a phony lion. Well, he may be a phony lion, but he 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 does, puts on a pretty good act. And what it says is, be sober. Be alert. Don't be like, oh, well, yeah, the devil. Yeah, I've, I've, heard, I've heard about the devil. Man, the devil hasn't bothered me in years. Yeah, hey, he is after you. Every, he bothers you every day. He, he comes after you every day. Sometimes, sometimes he comes with a stick and sometimes he comes with a carrot, but he comes every day after you. So what, you know, what, what, what can you do about that? What can you do about having such a powerful enemy? Well, guess where you find that information? In the Word. And, and James says this, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Well, what's the first thing you do? 
submit to God. You know, it, it, it's, it's not a matter of, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to resist that devil. Well, if you hadn't submitted to God, he's going to take you out. He, he will eat your lunch. He said, uh, how do you submit to God? Well, uh, maybe the first thing you might want to do is read his word and get some instructions. You know, you might, you might want to go, okay, uh, I need to begin to practice obedience in my life rather than, rather than, than trying to go my own way. <laughs> you know, I don't know where I, I don't know where it came in. in in the first service. I ended up, uh, uh, I had, oh, yeah, I, know, I do know where it came out. I was talking about uh, children will listen to stories and, and adults don't, you know, uh, I, because, I, you know, I'll be up here preaching and I'll, I'll get started. And maybe I'll even begin to tell a great story. And, you know, people are going, yeah, amen, brother. That's good. What time is that game? Boy, that sure was a great comeback yesterday. Yeah, yeah and what I was saying was that was the biggest amen I got in, in, the, in the early service. Was, was when I mentioned that. Okay, this isn't a big amen type of thing, but, but just consider that, will you? Okay. Submit to God, then you can resist the devil and he'll flee from you because you need a bodyguard. <laughs> I'm just telling you, when, when you confront him, you need a bodyguard. So, so the devil, your, your enemy, the evil one, and then there's the birds, and all, all, three of the, all three of the accounts of this parable mention the birds. When Joseph was in prison in Egypt, he uh, interpreted a dream for a couple of guys. And uh, one of them was Pharaoh's baker. And the dream that he had was that he, he had a basket of bread and the birds came and, and were eating the, eating the bread. And Joseph, he wanted interpretation. And Joseph gave it to him. It wasn't good. You know, what it was, was three days from now, Pharaoh's having a birthday and he's going to celebrate it by taking your head off and killing you. Uh, it's never a good thing when, for the birds to come and start eating your bread and, 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 and eating, eating your seed. Uh, you see, in, in such a context, birds uh, represent something that is, is really kind of out of nowhere. It's really kind of What's this got to do? It's something totally irrelevant that comes and steals that which is essential. Something totally irrelevant that comes and steals that which is essential. Uh, and in our culture, we got a big problem with this because we spend so much time majoring in the minors. We spend so much time on those things that don't matter and neglect the things that do matter. Uh, it's like it's kind of like Bar- Barbie was talking about that, which is holy, you know. And we'll we'll give the holy portion that belongs to the Lord, wh- whether it be our our finances, or our time, or our focus, or our effort. We'll we'll give those things away, and something that the fluff, you know, whether it's politics or sports or the latest diet or whatever. How many people are dieting now that the new year has come? Wow, we got a bunch of skinny people in this, in this church. Everybody's happy with, well, the older I get, the happier I get with my weight. So <sighs> Margaret's not happy with it, but I, but, but I am. Uh, yeah, but, but just stuff, stuff that's going to pass away. You know, stuff that's going to, 
You know, if I get old enough, I'll get skinny again. I mean, most old people do. I, in, in the early service, in the early service, my 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 grandson, my youngest grandson, he's two years old, and he and he likes for me to hold him during worship service, and uh, and it's and it's so sweet because he, you know, he he, uh, it just it's sweet, and and I love to do it because I'm thinking, oh, you know, my grandson, I'm gonna sing loud so Bo can hear me, and find out what worship is all about. You know how I'd like to go. I like to be old. I'd like to be a little old man. He doesn't hardly weigh anything. And Bo be six foot eight and 300 pounds. And I'd like for him to hold me during my last worship service. <laughs> and I'd just sing as loud as I could. Probably sound awful, but yeah. Those are the things that are important. That, that, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, that matters. The last thing that about the path and why it is so unfruitful, it's mentioned in this, in this parable, and it's, Luke is the only one who mentioned it. He says, the seed is trampled. The seed is trampled. Considered of little value. As we look at the stories of, of, of Jesus that Jesus told, uh, the kingdom of God is is of immense value. It's an estimable value. It's, it's a pearl of great price. It's worth selling everything you've got to get. It, it's, it's a treasure hidden in a field. And, and the man goes and sells everything he has so he can purchase that field and, and have that treasure. It's of, it's of an estimable value. When, when the gospel of the kingdom, which is what he's talking about here, when the gospel of the kingdom goes forth, and we, we, we live in a culture that values things of highly questionable worth. Highly questionable worth. And yet despises things that are of great worth. That, that, that are of great value. You know, I mean, I, I got to go to the game. You know, I, I, I got to put in the overtime at work. I, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. The sale is only on today. Why should I go to church? I don't feel very good today. Yeah. Uh, why grow in the faith through obedience? Why, 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 should, I, why should I do that? Uh, you know, that's just, that's just preacher talk. Get, get my money or something away from me. Why read the Bible? You know, I mean, I've heard it. I've heard it before and genuinely we 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 do feel that way you see the birds are a passive form of of uh of neglect trampling is an aggressive form of despising esau despised his birthright sold it for a bowl of soup which was more valuable birthright michael the the wife of of david Saw him and despised the way he worshiped the Lord. It was undignified. And yet, the way he worshiped the Lord has resonated for, for three millenniums so that it's still an inspiration to all. She despised him when she saw it. 
Messiah was despised and rejected by men. The most precious thing heaven had to offer comes down, becomes one of us, and he was despised and rejected. We probably wouldn't use such a strong term, but when it comes, uh, but, but the truth is that when the word comes in our lives, oftentimes we despise it. We, we, we despise it. We consider it of little value. We don't, we don't think this is something that I really need in my life. See, well, the first thing that the devil wants to do is separate you from the word because it brings truth and he's a liar and the father of all lies. It, it, it brings light and he's the prince of darkness. It brings life and he's come to, 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 to kill, to steal, kill, and destroy. It's, it's a valuable, precious thing and yet we, we tend to trample it, and trampling creates a path. And, and a path really only becomes useful once it becomes barren and there's nothing growing on it anymore. But it's become familiar, and it leads us somewhere. It'll, it'll help us get somewhere, but we need to be very, very, very careful about following paths of our own making. Proverbs says this, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. The path is the worst kind of soil. And I don't know, you, you know, maybe at some point this week, if you, as you leave, maybe, maybe on Wednesday or Thursday or Tuesday or Monday night even, you know, the Holy Spirit might prick your heart and go, have you thought about that at all since you heard it on Sunday? Have you thought at all about that? Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. 